0: Hi, welcome to Ponderings. This is Daniel Singleton. Sometimes when I'm chatting to people, what they're saying is so good, I don't want to keep it to myself. So I flip on the record and we pull a podcast out of that conversation. This is one of those episodes where exactly that happened and and it's with Pastor Nick Graves. What he was saying was so interesting that I fired up the recording and what you'll hear is our, our chat after that point. He was talking a little bit about his frustration about how his church life was going and what he wanted to do to change things. I know many of us are experiencing the same desire for something more than what we've experienced so far, that we have got a flavour, a sense of what's coming if that's you if you're interested in hearing more about what's what the shape of things to come is to be do make contact with us do listen to the rest of this series and and give us give us a bit of a call or an email uh, let us know what you'd like to hear about do enjoy this episode
1: i just decided that I was going to invite a group of people from the community who had nothing to do with church mm-hmm. um, to come together once a fortnight and eat a meal. Right. And um, I announced this at the church and I actually banned everybody from the church from coming <laughs> along to it because I knew what would happen, you yeah. know, oh, food, um, and it would just turn into another churchy yeah. event so um i invited people but it, it was under very clear um clear expectations that um i was not providing a meal for them Fine. um and i wasn't cooking the meal for them and i wasn't clearing away after them either right. um so if people wanted to come there was the expectation that they would contribute to the food uh, that they would help cook it and clear away mm mm-hmm. um so I found a group of six people. They were really up for that. They loved the idea
0: of kind of... How did you come, come by them, Nick? That, that's the bit I find fascinating, particularly as you're, you know, a pastor. <laughs> How do you go well, by people that weren't involved in some sense? I'm
1: not a very typical pastor, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm, like we say up, up north, I'm just gobby.
0: <laughs> yeah they say that about me down south but i don't know <laughs> it's a compliment <laughs> um yeah i just i
1: people on the com- in the community know me as pastor nick
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i am comfortable and uncomfortable with that yeah um i never sought out to be pastor nick Um, But that's what I've become. So I've had to learn to accept it. Um, But at the end of the day, I always tell people, look, we live in the same community. I have the same, you know, some of the same struggles as you. And I can almost guarantee that I've been through many of the struggles that you're going through. I I spent 10 years. I mean, I come from a place of poverty. Mm -hmm. um, And... I spent 10 years working on uh, minimum wage in manufacturing before I came here. Um, So I I just, I understand what people are going through
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because I've been there. Um, And I just want to come along. I I just see my job as just coming alongside people, getting to know them, you know, being a friend. And I've always had this. just this this value i guess i'll be your friend whether you ever come to know jesus or not right yeah yeah because it, it, you know again that's that's another dishonesty that i've seen in church is that we're very keen to get alongside people um but it's always under the auspices that they're going to come to know jesus right. Right. um which is highly dishonest
0: uh-huh.
1: um and and if if somebody's doing well then um, you know we we continue with that relationship. But the minute that we think that things are not progressing, we back off. Right. Um, <coughs> and actioning for me, um,
0: someone much say, like love does it. In that sense? It's
1: not very much like love, but it's a process for yeah. people. And and for many people, it takes years. Uh, and people take steps back, and people take steps forward, and some people never take any at all. Yeah. But why why does that mean that we can't be friends?
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, I just got to know people. I talk to people at the school gates. I talk to people at the shops. I say hi to them. You know, people get to know who I am. Uh, they always say, "Well, you don't look very much like a pastor." <laughs> you know, I have tattoos. Right. You know, I mean, it's just like it's very disarming. <laughs> Which uh, which I'm more than happy with. Um, so yeah, I just got to know these people. Um, I can't even remember really how I got yeah, to know them, yeah. but I, I I just got to know them. Um, so we invited them for this meal, and um, it just went it went really well. You know, six of us. We started in okay, I think it was November. By Christmas, we'd hit twelve people. Cool. Um, people were inviting their friends and that sort of thing. I invited other people who came along and I thought, oh, 12, that's a good biblical number. (laughs) Um, Can't go wrong with 12. Uh, And then things kind of poodled along a bit till about March. And then something happened in March and I don't really know what it was. Um, But kind of one week we had, I guess we'd started to creep up to about 20. Um, But then the next time that we did it, we had forty people there. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and then it just snowballed. Right. Um, so it wasn't very long before we were hitting about a hundred people. Right. Coming along to this meal, and again with very clear. What, uh, what did you call it? You Thursday it? tea.
0: Thursday tea.
1: Yeah, the most unreligious name that I could possibly find. <laughs>
0: And it now happens on a Saturday.
1: Thursday, um. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> t it it was fortnightly. Um, right, but basically, um, I felt that weekly was too much.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. but fortnight, but monthly was too far between. Yeah. So I thought, if they miss it on the weeks that it's not happening, that means they look forward to it when it happens the next right. week. Um. So, yeah, it, it snowballed at that point. I had to go back to the church and say, Do you know what? Um, I can't get alongside all of these people by myself, right? So, I'm gonna have to um rescind my um <laughs> my exclusive
0: my, my, my exclusion of you
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you know what? We, what? we were finding was um that we were re- that. All sorts of people were coming um we had three very clear values: it would eat, pray, and love okay um for me, I always called it church mm-hmm. um because from my understanding, I did some study and I looked at um what I call the ecclesial minimum okay which um is so what are the basic essentials that make church, right, church? Right. you know um w- without these things you cannot have church uh, whatever you want you know whatever that looks like okay. um so i kind of realized that the, um that for for you to have church um you need to look at the word uh uh-huh. um you need to uh pray right. worship um, kind of communion and community yeah um so I looked at those things and thought, how can I include all of those things um without being religious whatsoever? Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I did some reading around and, uh, and, and stuff like that. And I, I came to the point, well, I can't stand up there. I'm not going to stand up there and preach, uh-huh. um, but I can have intentional conversations with people. Right. Um, you know, I can speak from my own experience and what God's done in my life, um, and, and how. Following Jesus makes an impact on my daily life, and and how that processes how, helps me process my decision making and, and and all of that sort of thing. So I decided rather than preaching, I would well, I would still preach, but preach with my life rather than yeah, um, a monologue at the front.
0: Okay,
1: um, and then worship. I thought I'm I'm not going to ask everybody to um, stand up and and sing hymns or even worship choruses Uh but actually we're so limited in our understanding of worship if we just limit it to music and and actually I thought you know what um worship is a human response to the goodness of God Mm -hmm. Um, and actually if people are taking the time to cook food if they're taking the time to prepare it if they're giving up their time if they're coming and helping setting up tables doing the washing up, all of that sort of thing, caring for other people, um, then that to me is every bit as much worship as okay. singing a song.
0: So so the the kind of serving in itself?
1: Yeah, the serving in yeah. itself actually becomes an act of worship. And um, you know, on, on Sundays, for well, those of us who those of you do Sunday church, um we we invite strangers in and we ask them and expect them to sing the songs. Yeah. Um, Even though they have no idea what it means, they can't say with any integrity that they believe what they're singing. Right. Um, Yet we would say that they have engaged in an act of worship. (laughs) Um, So, um, you know, what if over time people actually began to realise that the things that they're doing that food preparation that serving that loving actually they realize that that this is a response to god they can't necessarily put their finger on that right now um but but thursday tea is about what god's doing in in our community and their response is to serve and to attend and Mm -hmm. to give of themselves so i was very comfortable in calling that worship right Um, I, you know, as for communion, um, I thought again we we can't kind of ask people to to share bread and wine that sort of thing. Um, but actually, we are breaking bread.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, you uh, and in the context of a meal. Well, absolutely. So so we are we are breaking bread um, together. And of course, you know, the community aspect of it was very strong Um, and prayer as well. What we had was a, um, you know, we always told people from, uh, told people in the evening that we very, we don't believe in prayer. We know that prayer works. We know that God answers prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had this post box and that we just, if you would like some, if you would like us to pray, For something for you, then please just write it down and post it in this prayer box. Or um very often people would mention something to us and would say, Well, listen, do you mind if I pray with you now? You know, that was always explicit throughout. Um so in a sense, people were attending church and and actually people wouldn't they wouldn't say we're going down to Thursday tea, we'd say we're going to church. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Which
1: was very interesting but the thing that really surprised us was the the diversity of that group um we had right from newborn babies through to right. 90 year old uh men and women um we had you know uh very kind of ethnically diverse but the surprising thing was actually the amount of muslims who were coming right as well and felt extremely comfortable and playing a very active part in that Hmm. um you know there was one there's one uh fairly strict muslim family they only came there once because they've been invited by my family And and i just sat down and i was i was eating with them and the guy clearly he was feeling a little uncomfortable sure Um, You know, and I just got talking to him and just trying to be friendly. And he said, you know, uh, I've passed this church every day on my way to work for the last 10 years. And he said, and I've never been able to imagine, comprehend a reason why I would ever come (laughs) into this building. And he said, but you know what? I'm here. Mm. Firstly, I can't believe I'm here, but I'm also having a good time.
0: Right, right. Um, and that was I mean, just kind of, that kind of almost sums up exactly how your starting point doesn't it yeah because you know why would people go in but but that's what what was able to happen wasn't it in that sense really? it was I
1: mean we didn't see this guy again um yeah. but do you know um one of the things that sprang off was that there was um a, a couple of families and and the guys Muslim families, the guys were saying, we really love playing um, badminton. And so we invited them over on a Sunday afternoon to play badminton with them, you know, just building these really strong relationships. Um, Yeah, it's just uh, just a a really, really interesting time. Um, We had a number of people come to faith as a result of it. Um, So we we baptized three guys. Okay. Um, and there was big, there was a big debate at church about whether um, we're having a baptism. So it should be on a Sunday oh, in really? the church service. And I'm like, well, that's not their church.
0: Yeah,
1: You know, well, that, that's that completely and utterly missing the point. We are having the baptism at Thursday tea. Uh-huh.
0: Um,
1: so we did this baptism and, um, you know, there was kind of big pressure on to do the whole kind of whole religious thing. Yeah. I, dug my heels in and said, no, instead, we're giving everybody sombreros and we're going to have a Mexican fiesta.
0: Okay.
1: So we just had this massive party of just a Mexican food and we had a piñata and all of that sort of thing. And uh, right in the middle of it, we did the baptisms. Um, we, We videoed their testimonies and played the testimonies. Mm-hmm. um and baptize them then and there and you know the response to that was just absolutely incredible yeah um people were seeking me out afterwards kind of in in the week or two afterwards saying i need to talk to you because when you did that baptism thing um i just started crying and i don't oh. know why sure um so just wonderful and amazing conversations Really that, cool. that were had. Um and do you know what? It um talk about a place of learning. When yeah, you get a exactly. hundred people in a room together from all sorts of different backgrounds, um, you then start to learn about
0: yeah.
1: how to interact as a community. And and I have had to step in the middle of a couple of um heated arguments. <laughs> Um, particularly between cultures, right? Um, the way that people bring their children up, essentially, right. um, and just said, "Look, you know, we need to listen to each other. You know, this is the key point. If we're going right. to be a community, you need to listen." Um, so, so yeah, it was just a very, a, a wonderful experience, exhausting experience.
0: Well, yes, I, I can. Um,
1: we are. Uh, At the early days, we got told, um, someone came to me and said, oh, you know you've got drug dealing going on, don't you? (laughs) Um, I did not know that, but thank you for letting me know. Um, We called the police. uh, We spoke to the local police team, and um, they came and did um, a swab of our toilets, and every single toilet in the building had been used excessively for cocaine. Right. And that was just after a um, Sunday morning, I suspect. And that's, that's <laughs> just the pasta. <laughs> um, so they came and um, they they said they wanted to do a, you know, they wanted to do a... Oh, no, that's it. They they came to me on a Sunday morning and showed me two photo fits. Mm. Um, and I said, oh, yeah, yeah. do you know those? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they come to our Thursday team. And they said, right, okay, she's wanted... And uh, he's just come out after doing fifteen years for manslaughter. So, right. we need to arrest her. Okay. And can can we do a sting at your Thursday tea? I'm like, you absolutely cannot. No, <laughs> no. Most <laughs> yeah. well, certainly, may, you may not. But give me two days, and I will bring her in myself. Right. Okay. Um, so, we sat down with her and just you know said, look, this is this is what the police have been and said, we know there's a warrant out for you. We need to get this sorted. Um, and at that point she burst into tears. She said that she'd been sick of running and hiding. And um, we prayed together and uh, we went to the police station.
0: That's
1: cool. That's really um, and that's, that's how I think we've done, we've, we've helped three people give themselves up actually. Mm-hmm. Um, For various, for various things um yeah we had the drug dealing then um 2 years ago um we had um so a very very mixed group of people there um particularly uh, there was a good group of young people who mm-hmm. were coming along and what we were discovering actually was the young people um started to really have an attachment to the older people right um so they would offer to get their plates for them and go and pick the food Mm. for them and carry it back to them, which was just fantastic to see. And a couple of these young lads were well-known for being in gangs. But you know what? They would help me set up and pack down. And, you know, they were just – they were brilliant while they were there. Mm. Um, But I got a call um, one Thursday um, saying that uh, young man who I knew very well had been stabbed and killed in Purley in a gang fight.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and his friend who, who I also know knew very well and I've known since he was seven or eight. Mm. Um, he was kind of arrested as being an accessory and, uh, and stuff mm. like that. Um, so, we were suddenly faced with just yeah. this um this traumatic um experience where we had to help the community to process that, yeah, now, I knew them as being okay. they were always all right with me,
0: yeah,
1: um, but I knew that they could also be little buggers as well,
0: <laughs> and um it's a relationship that makes a difference, though doesn't it? It makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a teacher, and you see a level of that. In fact, some of the some of the cleverest teachers mm. do zone in and create a relationship with the worst kids. Doesn't mean they don't kick off for you at times, but it does. Mm. Mean, it does mean if you meet them in darkened street, they're probably not going to do something to you, which is interesting.
1: No, that's absolutely right, and and um. The problem that I knew the shop had a terrible time with them. They would steal and they would right. intimidate and and stuff like that, um, and and they they made their neighbours life a misery.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So all of a sudden we were in this middle of this situation where you know big shock to us because you know I knew and you very well, um, but the community were then torn. They're like, if he's dead and is in jail, that means our life is quieter. Right, and they're not going to make our lives a misery anymore because they're either dead or in jail. And and that was just like a massive thing. Uh, people felt guilty,
0: right? Yeah,
1: for thinking like that. But also, this is a a nineteen year old young man who's lost his life tragically. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um. So you know, there was a at that point we were able just to to get alongside community and just listen to people. I mean that that day after it happened I just spent the whole day sitting on a on the curb outside the shop with people just yeah. listening to them and just talking with them um just absorbing the shock and the pain yeah um so I got asked so so we you know, we, we did um that our next Thursday tea um we decided to go ahead with it and um, we did a, a candlelit vigil. Right. Which is actually something we've done a few times before. So we did it after Grenfell right. and the Manchester bombings as well. We just kind of wanted to give people a, a focus point to be able to process grief. Sure. Um. So we did this candlelit vigil uh, for And his family came down. We had about 150 people there, I guess. Um, And it was just yeah you could see the shock in people but it was just if this is what the if this is not what the church is called to do then i don't know what it is
0: right,
1: right. is you know just to come alongside people and just to minister to them in those situations and listen to them and love them and help them process it and speak peace um and reassurance to them uh, so it was just a, a wonderful opportunity um i then got asked to do the funeral yeah um, which was the most stressful day of my life,
0: yeah
1: um, you know it turned out you know as as things came out, they were very heavily involved in the gangs uh-huh. and um his family is extremely involved in in very serious uh, gangs mm. um actually nationwide gang stuff
0: okay.
1: um, so i had i can 't remember how many meetings with the police, the police were very nervous. Mm-hmm. And that you know they were very nervous about how the funeral was going to go, and particularly how the wake, which was happening at the church, was going to go. Okay. So on the day of the funeral, um, there was a police escort of the hearse to where we were having the the service, right? Because um, we had about four hundred, five hundred people there. But then they came back, and um, they had two vans of riot police around the corner. They had an armed unit on standby. Uh, around the corner, Um, they had surveillance officers everywhere and they were phoning me every half an hour going, is everything okay? You know, they gave me a code word and stuff like that. If I thought things were getting out of hand, it was just... (laughs) it was a stressful day yeah
0: yeah and that's and that's it's not like you're doing an unstressful thing to start with
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i mean the funeral is hard enough particularly this is someone that i knew
0: um,
1: and, and liked but also yeah you got 500 people there and um in the knowledge that proportion of them were either carrying knives or guns right right um and, and the police were understandably nervous but um you know and they were very and and the people at the funeral were very angry about having the police around there so I was just you know I said to the police you have to going to go out of sight they still know you're there but I understand that if something kicks off you need to be there quickly
0: yeah.
1: um yeah so okay. but, but you know what the day went without a hitch yeah the day was quiet that was quite a lot, down to the fact that it was a very sunny day, and they all sat outside and smoked weed. <laughs> and it helped you relax. <laughs> it was everybody was relaxed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there that was definitely smoking. a cloud of. <laughs> there was definitely a cloud of weed over the whole place.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So you know, it was just. Yeah, hard, but actually, you're right. Those relationships. Yeah we wouldn't have been there without those relationships. Yeah.
0: Um, can, kind can, of, can, I, can I just yeah. jump in and ask you, this is kind of partly because of my own particular interest. I mean, in terms of what you've said, it's very exciting. And actually, in a, in a, in a little while, I'll, I'll tell you some of our story, which I, you'll see mm. some parallels in terms of what we've done uh, in East London. But I, I just want to, I suppose, ask you two questions one, I suppose, is: Do you see Thursday Tea as being almost an autonomous church in itself, and/or do you feel that the church of which you pastor <coughs> is now very much part of what you're doing? Because I suppose what what I'm interested in yeah. kind of starts. You you've started in some ways the other way around. You mm. had this burden. You've done. For what are better terms an outreach of some sort, mm-hmm. and then you have a body of people who are all from all diverse backgrounds. The question that I'm considering is about integration. If there is a strong church ethic or a strong relationship in the church, does that make for better integration, or actually does it make a closed community? So I, I know we're kind of going a bit topsy turvy, but I'm just interested in your opinions on. No, that's fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a great question because you know the story doesn't really finish there. Um, Thursday tea, um it kind of it got to a point it peaked, it peaked, and then it started to taper off a little bit. And we decided 2019, uh, autumn 2019, that we wanted just to take a bit of a break from it. Um we'd had a very traumatic time with the death of um um and we had some staff changes right. as well, and um what we didn't know was that kind of twenty would be the um, <laughs> pandemic, um, so we we decided to take a bit of a break from it uh, and just to spend some time rethinking. Um, I think you know, like lots of these things, they take off, they take on a life of their own, and you have to yeah. stop and you have to ask questions about, um, you know, is is there is there life in this? Is it is this healthy? You know, continuing to be healthy. Um, So we decided to take a break from it. Um, Then the pandemic hit, and um, I was supposed to take some sabbatical, but that ended up getting cancelled due to the pandemic. Um, But uh, extremely long story short, really, is that um, over time, we'd started to be thinking about what it actually meant for us to be church um, as the established church, really, um, and we, we, we've we looked at the comparisons between our Sunday morning, which, you know, continue to struggle on. We're a small church. We're not a large church at all. Um, but the the success of Thursday team, we actually like, well, where's the life? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. there seems to be life in one and not a lot of life in the other.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so we started to ask some really difficult questions about what that meant for us um, and what we decided um, last Uh, Was it last year? Yeah, we decided last year that what we would do um, would be that we would no longer meet on a Sunday
0: Mm -hmm.
1: as a church, um, that we would meet on a Thursday, because actually we saw that that's where the life was, Uh Um, and that we would kind of abandon the traditional style right of church and look at that more relational community uh, you know like you were saying kind of doing life together yeah. model of things and um, obviously it's had to be all on zoom um but our <clears throat> um and we haven't seen the, the the large interaction from the people who used to come to thursday tea right. um but but we've made the efforts to continue to get alongside those people throughout the pandemic and to stay in touch. Right. And our plan really is to, in a sense, um, relaunch, but relaunch uh, launch as church on a Thursday. Right. Um, and it will be around a meal. And that's, you know, that was the, that was the feeling okay. that people have come to by, by looking at that. So actually that has
0: transformed the church. So in that um, sense, the, the congregation, I know you had the band, but then you started inviting people in. But there yeah. was, would I be right to say there was a sense that people effectively caught the vision, became part of that, or a proportion of them did?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say proportion of it. Some people have not. Yeah. And, um, you know, particularly seeing the direction that we've taken, you know, have decided that um, they want a more traditional Yeah. They want a more traditional approach um but the majority of the congregation have really caught hold of it um mm. because there's there's no when you are confronted by such stark evidence you know like a hundred people attending Thursday tea yeah twenty people attending sunday morning there's Sorry. there's no there's no argument there
0: yeah
1: um you know there, there was you know some people kind of are worried about you know particularly some of our older people kind of have been a bit more kind of concerned about um the message being lost kind oh. of um you know and I, I i understand you know i do understand yeah understand that um but just slowly reassuring people um, you know they're they're more reassured, but we, we're doing another baptism in a couple of weeks. Um, someone's come to faith um, over the pandemic, and uh, she's one of our volunteers. So we now run that this is a conversation for another day, perhaps. But right. we now run a um, social supermarket, right? Um, and one of our volunteers has come to faith, and we're baptising her, and we're going to do it outside. We're going to do a barbecue and pour a bucket of water over her because we can't use the baptistry that sort of thing um so yeah, so in a sense the um the, the fruit is bearing it out um but it's still a very different way of doing church and actually the pandemic's done us a done us a favor mm. and, you know not not being able to have singing and and stuff like that which has meant that churches have had to explore different Ways of worship, I mean, I suspect that many churches have just shown the YouTube videos, etc mm. um, but actually you know we've been talking with people a lot about look singing's not the be all and end all of worship um, so we do um, so we do a, a Thursday zoom at the moment, which has actually interestingly attracted a, a, a different group of people um, uh, and people who um, who have had a heart for their community. A lot of people here who, who are church folk, who've had a heart for their community, but their churches are either a long way away or they don't do anything. Right. Um, so they started to, to to join us and actually a uh, very strong um, Caribbean contingent yeah. as well. Uh, and it's interesting that, you know, they are saying that they if they find freedom in our model of church that they could never dream of in their that's interesting. in their um, kind of
0: uh, in their church. And and because you're not on a Sunday, I suppose yeah. that means people haven't got got a jettison. The first thing to do the other. No, that's right. They don't have to make a choice. That's interesting. Um.
1: So actually, that's brought some vibrancy to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so so we. We do assume we we keep it to an hour, but a lot of it is about sharing sharing life together. A lot yeah. of it is about sharing what's what's going on um, in people's lives. I'm just sorry. I'm just a bit aware of the time. I know it's twenty past ten, yeah. and I have another meeting at half past ten, so we might have to schedule yeah. another. Yeah, no, that's 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 good. Um, but, they, but we we don't preach a sermon. Yeah, um, we uh, we publish a podcast every week. Um, because I think that uh, people should be allowed to choose to listen or not to listen.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And they can listen at their own pace, in their own time. Um. Mm. They can pause, make a cup of tea. If they don't like it, they can, you know, mm-hmm. turn it off. Um. Or they can go back and listen again. You know, these are. It's, it's about giving people about choice rather than in enforcing and indoctrinating people which is just it sticks in my throat to do that sort of thing um so so we do the podcasts and you know what the thursdays are wonderful i wouldn't pass those up i wouldn't i couldn't go back to the normal sunday model at all and actually people are finding freedom um and you know the comments that people are making this isn't about one person um this is, uh, a, you know, hearing from other people and, you know, it's, it's a messier situation
0: yeah.
1: because um, you never quite know who's going to be there. <laughs> but It's just a wonderful, uh, a wonderful way of doing church, which we um, hope in time um, will kind of evolve into something kind of more in person. And, you know, we very much described our journey as a journey without a map. Because we don't, we don't have a, we don't have a plan.